You are now rocking with Must Have Knowledge and Sass. Now come on, we can do better, honey. Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of Must Have Knowledge and Sass, the podcast. I'm your host, Tiana. I'm so happy that you are here on today. Whether you are a first time guest or you are returning from previously listening to a previous episode. There's a whole bunch of previouses. But anyway, I'm just happy that you are back here on today, honey. All right. So I hope you are also finding joy within your day. I hope that you are finding joy within your week. I'm hoping things are going well. I'm hoping that you are blessed and highly favored and all of that so this episode guess what guys we are going to be talking about the new direction that must have knowledge and sass is going to go in it's going to be more focused also we're going to be talking about nape data on today but before i even dive into that good information i want to take a moment of gratitude for civil rights leaders who have paved the way, who have created bridges, who have done the work that has enabled me to have the various opportunities that I have, such as voting, such as um, working for a state department, such as um, being a teacher at an integrated school. Uh, I mean, I can keep going on and on about the marvelous things that these men have done to pave the way for a generation, for a person such as myself. So, the first person I want to take a moment of gratitude is for Representative John Lewis. Here's a quote by him. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have a moral obligation to do something, to say something and not be quiet. We also have Pastor C.T. Vivian, who also passed away and went on to be with the Lord. I am so thankful for the things that these men have endured, have suffered through, have been beaten for, um, for everything that they did just so future generations can have a better life so for that gentlemen i hope you are flying high in heaven and you are sitting with god Right, let's go ahead and jump right into this thing so first off guess what y'all the podcast is going in a new direction so after thinking about my vision and mission for must have knowledge and says i had to sit down and really focus in on what i wanted to deliver through this podcast i want my podcast to be a representation representation of my voice so that it combats racism and social injustices with the recent events that have occurred in our nation such as brianna taylor's murderer still sitting out here in these streets just walking all kind of free after they done murdered her okay can can we pause for the cause to talk about that for a little bit just a just just a little tinge of a bit they are still not arrested they have not been charged um and they still out here in these streets i'm i'm gonna say that they are still out here in the streets and she died over a hundred days ago she was murdered over a hundred days ago 
okay so with all of the things that have been coming out in regards to racism and um people being being open to um gaining more information about racism and acknowledging that there are right there there is racism we have systematic racism we have social injustices we have education inequalities we have all of these things going on I feel like how can I use my voice in order to combat it how can I use my voice to actually look at data look at facts and actually tell okay what was the root cause of all these things so I decided that this podcast is going to start talking about some uncomfortable issues some uncomfortable topics that really dive into racism and education mainly focusing on education inequalities so that's the direction that we're going to go into on today we're going to be talking about nape so let's talk about good old nape a lot of you all don't know what nape is a lot of you all don't know that some of your kids have probably taken a nape assessment before in reading or math or whatever other subjects that um that are out there for nape assessments on today we're going to be talking about reading and math so let's go right ahead and dive into this thing So what does NAEP stand for? It stands for the National Assessment of Educational Progress, NAEP, NAEP. And why is it this important? Well, according to the NAEP website, it is a representative assessment of what our nation's students know and can do in select subjects. It's given to a sample of 4th, 8th, and 12th grade students that represent the nation's geographic, racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic diversity. See, there are three achievement levels for the test, basic, proficient, and advanced. To give you an analogy that will help you to understand what these three levels mean, think about building a house on a plot of land, okay? So, basic. Basic is similar to having a foundation on your land. That's it. Proficient is like having a frame, drywall, roof, fixtures carpet and appliances but no furniture so you just up in that piece sleeping on the floor okay well advanced means you have everything that has been listed above or before along with furniture and you're ready to throw a housewarming party you're ready to live it all the way up celebrate your new house see these results are used in a variety of ways by many people to make educational decisions with the hope of student achievement Now, the results in reading and math are really concerning, especially for black students. The average score for black students in some cases are not even reaching the basic level. Honey, they they, they don't even have a foundation on that land. All right. So we're going to jump into the reading scores first. So here are the results. 35% of fourth graders who took the reading NAEP assessment performed at or above NAEP proficient achievement level and reading. 35%. 34% of 8th graders performed at or above NAEP proficient and reading. 34% of them scored at or above the NAEP proficient achievement level and reading across the nation. I'm just saying. Oh, but here we go. 
For the fourth grade reading assessment, white students had an average score of 230, while black students had an average score of 204. In order to be classified as reaching the basic achievement level, the skill score had to be at least 208. In other words, the average score for black students did not even reach the basic cut score. Oh, but it gets worse. 52% of the black students who took the fourth grade reading assessment tested below. They scored below the basic achievement level. Honey, remember what I told you basic was? That means you at least got a foundation. Honey, they scored below that. They ain't got nothing. Well, we see a similar story for the 8th grade reading assessment. See, white students had an average score of 272. Black students had an average score of 244. Another gap. In order to be classified as reaching the basic achievement level, the skill score had to be at least 243 for the 8th grade reading assessment. In other words, the average score for black students was one bump above the cut score. It's still bad because 46% of the 8th graders that took that reading assessment scored below basic. We see the same average skill score gap in math as well. One must remember though, I gotta, I gotta remind myself about this. This is only one test, right? And it's only given to a sample of students, right? Well, in the state that I live in, I looked at the data. So I went to the accountability website and I looked up the data for reading and math. And guess what I found? That black students had the lowest proficiency percentage in reading and math for grades three through eight. And this, my friend, is where education inequalities play a detrimental role. Well, break it down, Tiana, and get to the point, girl. I got you. I got you. Go ahead. I got you. You already got your sip of water, whatever you did to calm your nerves before I started pulling out this good old data. But this part will not be rushed, nor am I going to skim over it. So you're going to bear with me. Well, hopefully you will. All right. So after reflecting on my own experience in public schools, as well as being an educator at the elementary and middle school level, combined with some research, these are the education inequalities facing black students. Number one, black students attend schools with little funding and little resources. Without proper funding, a lot of things do not happen, especially choosing evidence-based training and curriculum. We all know the best thing, the best things in life cost money due to their quality. You find that teachers lack the evidence-based training and curriculum students need in order to achieve. Just like it's hard to row a boat without experience, paddles, and God forbid you got a hole in the bottom of your boat. It's hard for educators to teach when they have not been properly trained, given evidence-based materials, and provided with ongoing coaching. Having leaders who know how to properly allocate and use funds is another key factor. But, baby, I do not have time to go down that rabbit hole with y'all on today. I'm going to have to save that for another episode, okay? Number two, black students usually attend low-performance schools that lack instructional equality. Well, what do I mean by that? Low-performance schools lack evidence-based instruction that has been proven to work in teaching students how to read and do math. 
Evidence-based instruction is a major step above research-based instruction because it has been tested, tried, and proven to promote student achievement and growth. I'm going to dive more into why instruction is important with the, with the next point, but in the meantime, let's stay focused here. In my experience with low-performing schools, they are also understaffed. It. That means they're Sometimes students are forced to be taught by long-term substitutes due to the principal's inability to find teachers that can fill vacancies. My next point, black students are usually taught by beginning and novice teachers. Now, let me go ahead and tell you right now, I am not trying to bash beginning teachers. I actually have um, a place of sympathy for them um, in this area, but I also have to state the reality. Black uh, beginning teachers are faced with many challenges when they enter the education field. One, they have to adapt to a new environment, have to develop a classroom management plan, because if you can't control your classroom, baby, ain't no type of teaching going to be going on in there. They have to adjust to becoming full-time employees that are trusted with students' minds and lives. They're balancing relationship with adults. And all my educators out there know the hardest part about our job is dealing with adults <laughs> from the school level to the home level. Okay, here we go. They're also trying to figure out things as they go. Some even come from institutions of higher education that have not properly prepared them with evidence-based instructional practices. In a lot of cases, we also see if there is a lateral entry teacher that is um, new to the education field, they are being assigned as a classroom teacher, and this is possibly their first time ever interacting with students in a formal classroom setting. Sometimes beginning teachers have a mentor that is heavily involved with their progress, and sometimes they do not have that type of experience unless they have a strong foundation that includes amazing leadership, ongoing support, coaching, and a firm foundation and evidence-based instructional practices, their instruction will not promote student achievement. Last, but certainly not least, individuals hold certain perceptions of black students that cause them to set low standards and have low expectations for them. What a man think of, so is he. And God forbid that that black child is also poor. Nikendra Wright, a phenomenal educator and leader, once said this. The only thing slow about them is their money. <laughs> I'll say that again. The only thing slow about them is their money when it comes to poor black students. Black students have so much potential to achieve great things. Unfortunately, they have people who have constantly place hurdles on the track while they are trying to win the education race simply by not believing in them enough to teach them at a rigorous and relevant level they also have people that when they first see their face they don't even believe they don't even believe in them enough to teach them at a level that is going to propel them and promote achievement inside of them so one of my favorite quotes is by Brene Brown. It goes like this. I am not here to be right. I'm here to get it right. So what can you and I do? Well, three things. Vote, understand, and ask. 
Here we go. Vote. Vote in your local, state, and national elections. There are so many people at the local level that provide oxygen for the fire that we call education inequalities. See, at the local level, you have a lot of influential individuals, such as the mayor, county commissioners, local school board officials, and this is just to name a few. So make sure you're voting and not leaving that section of the ballot blank. Next, understand. Understand your school's trend data. Which areas has your school or your child's school performed well? Which areas have they struggled in meeting high proficiency levels? And let me go ahead and tell you right now, it is not okay to become immune to low proficiency levels. I'm going to say this again. It is not okay to become immune to low proficiency levels. Educators, know your data and have a professional learning plan that is aligned with the mission you have for your professional career. No longer can we just sit back and not advocate for ourselves. You can no longer do that. You can no longer sit back and not advocate for yourself. We have to also be constant learners. We have to push ourselves. In the, in the episode description, I have provided a free professional learning plan template that you can download to guide you in the process of establishing professional goals. So you can share it with others. Just make sure you give me my credit, though. Okay. <laughs> make sure you give me my credit. I'm trying to cut my little um footer off. Okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. God don't like ugliness. All right. Last ask. I'm going to start with educators. Look at your data and do your research on evidence-based practices so that you can ask about attending different professional development sessions. Ask for coaching. Shoot, even ask for ways that you can be a coach or mentor if you have the data to back up your achievement. If you know you know your stuff and your data has has proven that you know your stuff, hey, what do you think about becoming a coach this year for somebody? All right. Parents, I want you to ask your child teacher, your child's teacher, these two questions. What evidence-based curriculum are you using? And what evidence-based instructional practices are you using during reading and math? We, we listen, that's not that is not offensive to ask. Now, how you ask is different. Don't be asking with no attitude, okay? You know, go in there with the professional voice on, go in there like yourself, okay? And ask these questions. You have to know how someone is teaching your child's brain. All right. Also ask what evidence-based resources can be used at home. Because learning doesn't stop at when that bell rings at the end of the day for your child. Learning also continues at home. So everyone, I'm talking about everybody who is listening. Everyone, ask your school district What is their strategic plan to combat low student achievement? If there are no action steps in that strategic plan that address education inequalities, then ask for them. We can no longer be silent and simply hope for change. We have to be active participants, no more bench warmers. We can't just sit in the wings of things and just sit back and see what they're going to do and hope for the best. That's out. Can't do that no more. So, With all that being said, don't forget to subscribe, follow, and rate the podcast. 
Subscribe in the Apple Podcast app, follow on Spotify and on Instagram at Must Have Knowledge and Sass, and rate the podcast by providing an honest review. It'll only take a few seconds for you to do that, honey. Well, until next time, I hope you take what I say to heart and you use the resources that have been provided within the education, um, not the education description, Lord, within the episode description. Until next time, bye, y'all.